0: The business. For
1: coming out tonight. What up, what up, what up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Times Business Podcast, the show created to provide you with the practical and strategic advice to help you level up in fitness business, your career, your relationships, and your life. My name is Joseph Metzel. I am your host, and I'm joined. For this episode of Your 4 by co-host, Brandon.
0: How's it going? He's back. I'm back, man.
1: Back from your um, hiatus yeah. to yeah. Uh, Europe and it was Europe, right? It
0: was Europe, yeah. You know, all the different places in yeah, Europe. But, yeah, uh, it was amazing, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you've been back for a little bit now, but um, but yep. for the listeners who, uh, who have missed you, yep. because it's been quite some time since we've shot an episode of Your 4, mm. because you have been away, how was the trip?
0: Oh, it was everything and more, man. It was unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Come back to this shitty, <laughs>
1: <laughs> shitty
0: Adelaide weather. Although it was nice yesterday, it's just yeah shocking today. But yeah, yeah, it's good getting yeah. back into the swing of things, which is nice. Back yeah. in, back into a bit of routine and stuff. So yeah, yeah. A
1: favorite part of your trip?
0: <sighs> Place? Greece, man. Like yeah. Greece is underrated, man. You went but to Santorini, right? No. So no. Um, my partner's already been to Santorini, Mykonos, and yeah. So we went to Eos, Milos. Yeah. Um, and that was just, they unreal. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Least favorite part? Man, some of the Contiki, some on the Kentucky was a bit rough, some of the places we stayed. Yeah. Um, towards the end of Sicily, we almost got mugged. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there was high, highs and lows, like, like always, but yeah, it, it made it well the, the lows happy. made it yeah
1: well we're happy to have you back man and uh and diving straight back into another installment of your four we have four awesome questions and the cool thing with um with having such a big break in between in between your four segments mm. is we have a stockpile of questions yeah um, that you guys have been sending through uh and just on that if you guys have a question that you would like to send through and add to the stockpile of questions that Brandon uh, uh, um, filters through and picks four of the best to put these episodes together, best place to send them is directly to you, right? On Mm -hmm. Instagram, at Brandon Verde, or you can send them to me, at Joseph Metzell, and I'll take a screenshot and just send them to Brandon Uh, anyway, and he, uh, he picks the four best for each episode of your four. Brandon, we have four questions. We do. Let's get going.
0: Jumping straight into it with this first one. Yeah. Question one. Best way to stay motivated when you have them bad days, when you don't even want to jump out of bed.
1: I, I feel like we um, we've spoken about this a number of times in in uh, different articulations, uh, or you know the question kind of being framed in different ways. But mm-hmm. this is you know this this comes back to the fact that motivation is unreliable, or motivation is fake. Is probably the best way to describe it. Yep. Motivation comes and goes. Uh, it it ebbs and flows and often it does that for no reason at all. Some days you just, you just wake up and you feel motivated, right? And you're just like, I'm ready, I'm good to go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up to do whatever it is I've got to do. And then some days, you, know, you wake up and you've got, you wake up with a headache, maybe you slept weird or some shit, and you just don't feel motivated. And it's this kind of scenario where you don't even wanna jump out of bed. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. And all of you guys as well, listening and watching, How many days a week on average do you feel motivated?
0: It'd be close to, close to none, <laughs> to be just honest, not. especially now, especially up. now being home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I mean, the come first... come back from a month-long
1: contingent yeah, tour oh, in f- Europe, see what well, that does for your motivation. First, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, on, a- on average, like in a, in, a, in a, you know, in any given week, how many days out of seven do you, would you say on average you feel motivated?
0: Definitely more unmotivated than I feel motivated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just putting a, putting a number on it. One, two. Yeah. 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 Most of the time, um, not. <laughs> man, honestly, I'm probably the
1: same. Yeah, Definitely like more days that I don't feel motivated than I do feel motivated on average in any given week. And I think most people are the same, right? Mm. So if you're only relying on motivation to get shit done, you're not gonna get a whole lot of shit done, mm-hmm. right? And this is why we say motivation is fake or motivation is unreliable. So to get back to the question, the best way to stay motivated when you have them bad days, you need to take motivation and you need to throw it out the fucking window, right? Because it's unreliable, because it's fake. What you need to be doing is anchoring back into discipline and anchoring back into routines that align with and support who you're trying to become and what you're trying to accomplish, right? The definition of discipline is doing what needs to be done when you don't feel like doing it. Yeah. That's, that's the definition, right? So discipline is not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be difficult. That's the, whole, that's the whole point of discipline. What you can do is you can use periods of high levels of motivation to your advantage to help you build discipline and to help you build routines that you can anchor back into on the days that you don't feel motivated. So let me, let me kind of flesh that out a little bit and explain what I mean there. The days that you do feel motivated are the days where naturally you're going to be inclined to take action, right? What you want to be using that action to do is build routines that align with who you're trying to become and what you're trying to accomplish so that on the days when you don't feel motivated, all you have to do is follow the routine. Right? All you have to do is anchor back into the shit that you know you need to do and just get it done because you built that routine when the levels of motivation had been high. Right? So you can use the ebbs and flows in motivation, in particular the flows and motivation, to help you build that routine. And then the days when you don't feel motivated, you know that all you have to do is anchor back in that to, back into that routine, have discipline to do the shit that you know you need to do on the days that you don't feel like doing it, and that's how you get through those days.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I remember you saying a while ago that you call them, they're, they're test days almost, aren't they? They're te- test days. Test days. Yeah. yeah. These are the days that like everything feels so difficult physically, mentally, yeah. um, and they're testing our strength and resilience. The ability to build those habits when your motivation is the lowest, yeah. execute regardless will enable you to build the momentum and become like unstoppable really. Yeah. But I think it's so important what you say, because you can look at people like Joe and you see the amount of shit you do and the, the shit you get done and you just, just crush it every day mm-hmm. and people can look at you and be like, oh fuck, like, I wish I had motivation and like that. But you saying that you're motivated very little of the time.
1: Very rarely. It's huge. Yeah. And
0: no yeah. matter where you are in life, whether you're a fucking millionaire, whether you're the happiest person on earth, like every single person on earth goes through this mm. and feels like this. Mm. And it just comes down to execution at the end of the day because you just need to focus on one thing like in the beginning as well when you're at this low point focus on one thing tick that off each day like whether it's just something small like going to the gym or just meditating for 10 minutes five minutes just anything small and ticking that off every day until you can finally build those habits and those routines Mm -hmm. that's when you're gonna that's when it's gonna be more sustainable because motivation comes and goes like you said
1: hundred percent, man. And this is why I'm such an advocate for routines, yeah. you know, specifically morning routines. Right. And, and this is, this is my mindset around it. Right. And I'm happy that you, you kind of um, refreshed and, and, and hung on that point where most days I don't feel motivated. Right. And you're right. Like people see all the shit that I do and, you know, all the stuff that I post about and this and that, and whatever. And it's very easy to fall into the trap of like, oh, you know, well, he, he must be highly motivated all the time to do all of that shit. The truth is, I'm definitely not highly motivated most of the time. I'm highly motivated a very small percentage of the time. What I do, this is, this is the mindset that I have. The days when I'm highly motivated, fantastic. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna fucking crush, right? And if there's little changes that I need to make to how I'm doing things on a daily basis, that's when I'll do them. Most of the days when I'm not motivated, my mindset around it is, this is an opportunity for me to build the muscle of discipline right just like when you go into the gym and you're trying to build your chest for example it's not fucking easy to go through and do those reps and to push past failure and to to push your body past what it what your body naturally wants to do when your body says stop and you go you know fuck it i'm just going to put the weight down no you push through it it's difficult Discipline is like a muscle as well. You have to go through the difficulty to be able to build the muscle of discipline. So the days when I don't feel motivated, I flip my mind around and I go, well, fuck, I don't feel like doing this shit. So this is an opportunity for me to get better at doing things when I don't feel like doing them, which is the definition of discipline. So that's how I think about it.
0: Yeah, and I, it, it works in reverse as well. Like you say that discipline, it's, it's like a muscle you need to work on. Yeah every day you you put something aside or you you don't do something that you say you're going to do that's yeah. also a muscle you're building mm-hmm. so if you're if you if you keep putting off something that you need to do and you keep doing that every day and every day it's just going to get easier and easier to keep doing that every mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. And then you just become that person
1: Hundred percent.
0: but yeah like as much as it feels shit that you don't have the motivation now like the motivation will come back mm. um obviously it will come back it will go you just need to like tell yourself that it's okay, I'm just going through a, a period of time. The motivation's not not here. Yeah. It's going to come back and then it'll go again, come back, go again. But it comes after taking action. Yeah, always. Yeah. Next question. Can you be a friend and a boss? This is a really good question. Short question, but very good question.
1: And this really kind of got me thinking, um, when I was uh, thinking about this question, it really kind of got me going into different levels of um, really kind of what aligns with, with friends, what aligns with good bosses and and what the differences are as well. Once again, I'm going to click it back to you. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, what makes somebody a good friend? Just off the top of your head, like don't think too much about it. When you think, you know, that person is a good friend, what are like some of the things that come to mind?
0: Uh, Someone that shows genuine care about you. You can just tell. um, Someone who holds you accountable. Yep. um, Tells you how it is, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Just someone that you can just rely on. Mm -hmm. Off the top of my head. All right. And then off the top of your head, what makes a good boss? Probably the same, the same things, really. I know, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. never really thought yeah. about yeah, uh, it. Like honestly,
1: that. man, that because where I started, I was like, okay. First, in order to go, can you be a friend of a boss? You need to define what a friend is. You need to define what a boss is. You need to define what a good friend is. You need to define what a good boss is. You need to define what a shit friend is. You need to define what a shit boss is. And when you kind of and when you start kind of pulling out, okay, you know these are the sorts of qualities that define a good friend. The things that I come up with, similar to you, empathy, right? Kindness. A good friend is gonna hold you accountable, right? They're not gonna let you drop the ball on shit that they know you shouldn't be dropping the ball on. A good friend is gonna be patient with you. A Good friend is gonna have respect for you. A good friendship is gonna have clear boundaries as well around what is and is not acceptable for the friendship. That's, that's kind of, you know, when, when I think about it and I kind of scratched a little bit below the surface, And I think about my good friends, those are the qualities of my good friends. And then you flip it and you go, okay, well, what are the qualities of a good boss? Well, a good boss is gonna be empathetic. A good boss is gonna be kind, but candid at the same time. A good boss is gonna hold you accountable, of course, to what you're capable of. A good boss is gonna be patient with you, a good boss is gonna respect you, a good boss is gonna have clear boundaries around what is and is not acceptable. The two things are exactly the fucking same. Mm. So when you kind of when you dig a little deeper and you go, well, the qualities of a good friend and a good boss are exactly the same, the question kind of answers itself. Yeah. Yeah, you can be a you can be a friend and a boss. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I guess where my mind goes from there is okay. You know, I'm I'm trying to be the best boss I can be. I try and be the best friend I can be Um, to all of you guys, you know, all of you who who make up the the team that we're building here. I try and be a good boss and a good friend to all of you. But there is a difference between how I am with my friends and then how I am with you guys as as members of the the team and the, the company that we're creating here. And when I kind of look at, okay, what, what is the main difference there when the qualities are very similar? I think the main difference when I've got my boss hat on versus when I've got my friend hat on is when I'm being a boss, my ultimate duty has to be to the company, right? It has to be to what we're trying to achieve as a company. It has to be to the interests of the company as a whole, the collective interests of everybody who relies upon the company to succeed and do well. Whereas, when I'm being a friend to my friends who are not involved in, in the team that we're creating, who are not involved in the company, really my duty is to them as a, as a friend and to the friendship as, as, a, as a third entity in that relationship. So, I think that that's probably the nuance is, you know, ultimately. Where is your ulti- where does your ultimate duty kind of lie? Uh, and I think when you're a boss, it needs to be to the company, when you're a friend, it needs to be to the friendship. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I just want to touch on the the boundaries mm-hmm. part that you mentioned yep i, I do I do think yes, um, but there definitely needs to be boundaries, yep. um, specifically your yeah, professional boundaries because mm-hmm. um, if you become best friends with your boss and there aren't boundaries. Will they let you slack off? Will the other employees well, see it think, as favoritism?
1: I don't think that a good boss or a good friend would, would, yeah. would drop accountability in either
0: direction. But then that boss would have boundaries because they're a good boss, so they should have those boundaries.
1: Well, I think the boundary lies into, you know, your, like ultimately, where does your duty lie? Mm. I think that's really kind of what defines the difference in where the boundaries lie between a good friendship and then being a good boss, yeah, right? Because the accountability, like I think about my best friends, you know, that I can count on one hand, they all hold me accountable. Like if i drop the ball on something, they'll call me out on it. Mm-hmm. And that to me is part of a good friendship. And then, you know, as a boss, I'll do the same thing to, to you guys. Mm-hmm. So the accountability aspect, you know, cause a lot, you know, it's an easy trap to fall into because people are like, oh, you know what? I don't really want my friends to, to hold me accountable like my boss does. You know, like if I underperform, my boss is gonna pull me up on it and we're gonna have an uncomfortable conversation. And, you know, and, and that's kind of the path that goes down. I don't wanna have that relationship with my friends. Well, what sort of a fucking friendship is that? Mm. In my personal opinion.
0: Yeah. It's just kind of
1: how I feel about it.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, the, I think being able to, like you said, change hats, flick the switch as well, to be able to separate those two is, yeah. is huge. I mean, you, you look at it. If you look at it on your point of view, separating like f- friends, like I'm thinking like family as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have um, family working for you. Yeah. Um, say Leah, your sister. She's been working with you for a, for a while, and I see, um, I see you be like being able to like change the hats and flick, mm-hmm. um, flick the switch pretty easily, and just it being reciprocated, yeah. um, very well. It's sort of similar, isn't it?
1: Well, friends and family is is a it's different. (laughs) It's different, (laughs) different, but just it's it's still having
0: like two relationships, if that makes sense. Two different relationships, and
1: I think once again it comes down to the duty, Mm. right? Is like you know when I'm when I'm the leader of of the company, like ultimately I need to put the company first Mm. because there's a lot of people that rely upon me to do that, whether it's staff members, whether it's customers, whether it's suppliers, whether it's um, our creditors, like you know, th- there's a lot of people that rely upon you to make decisions in the best interest of the company. Whereas when I'm being a brother or I'm being a son, or you know, I'm in the family context, well, my duty is to the well-being of the family. Um, it has to be mm-hmm. right. So I think I think that 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 nuance kind of plays out in in any variance of the
0: relationship. Yeah. Have you ever? Uh... It's, you've been in business a long time. You've yeah. been a boss a long time. Yeah. Have you, have you had difficulties with this in the past? Like, blowing the line, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, hundred yeah. Yeah,
1: percent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, like, I, I speak from experience, yeah. right? Because yeah. I've, obviously I've worked with family in business a lot. Um, I've developed a lot of friendships through business, but there has been opportunities where I've been friends with people in the first instance and then brought them into the business. Yep. So I have had like the blurring of the different relationships. And that's kind of why you know when, when I think about this and I kind of go, okay, through my personal experience, how do I define the difference? How, how are the boundaries different between the boss staff member relationship and then the friend to friend relationship that's kind of where I, you know, where I'm able to, to, to draw, um, that, I guess that nuance from. Mm. Yeah. Cool.
0: Next question. What are your thoughts on TRT? I see younger and younger men jumping on it.
1: Yeah. So straight up, it's a, it's a medical question and I just want to be very, uh, clear. Mm that this is just my opinion on, you know, I'm not a doctor, obviously, right? I, 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 um, I'm not involved in the business of TRT and whatnot. So this is, you know, this is just purely based on my opinion and, and, and really kind of my experience um, in the, um, the, the fitness industry. I think my thoughts on TRT is I think there's a time and a place for TRT, I think that it's one of these areas of medicine that we're learning a lot more about now than we've than we've learned previously. Um, definitely in a much shorter period of time because it's becoming more prevalent and more people are interested in it, I guess. Um, and so there's just more data available. Um, I think that there's a time and a place for it. I think that the time is not when you're young. And I think that the place is not to help you improve your physique, right? And I think this is kind of where the lines get blurred here. And, you know, in the question, I see younger and younger men jumping on it. Um, younger and younger men, unless there's an underlying hormonal issue, they're not like, firstly, you don't quote unquote jump on TRT, right? Like you get prescribed TRT <coughs> because you have hormonal deficiencies. Um, So younger and younger men are not not jumping on TRT, they're jumping on performance-enhancing drugs. They're jumping on testosterone, you know, is is usually the first one that they'll kind of experiment with. I'm gonna draw some some very black and white differences between TRT and using testosterone as a performance-enhancing drug. Mm -hmm. The first one, TRT, is just testosterone. TRT stands for Testosterone Replacement Therapy. Right, mm-hmm. so if you're using other things, it's not TRT, yeah, you're using steroids, mm-hmm. just call it for what it is, yeah, right. That's the first difference. The second difference is an average TRT dose, and once again, this is just my opinion, I'm not prescribing things, don't take this as gospel, I'm not a doctor. But a typical TRT dose is going to be usually 100 milligrams of a long ester testosterone per week, right, and that's probably towards the upper end. So if you're taking more than that, it's not TRT. Mm -hmm. You're taking steroids. Steroids, yeah. Right, straight up. And I think generally, when people are taking testosterone as a steroid for performance enhancing effects, just to pull a difference between the dosages, 100 milligrams per week is the upper end of usually what's acceptable for TRT. 500 milligrams per week is probably the bottom end of what people are using as as a steroid dose. So, you know, it's pretty easy to see, look, is is this a TRT type dose or are you using it to try and build muscle, improve your physique, improve your performance, and in which case you're taking a performance enhancing drug and it's a steroid. So I think that, you know, very easy to separate those two out. Some other things that I kind of think of, TRT is prescribed by a doctor and administered by a pharmacy. Steroids is a protocol given to you by some guy at the gym, and they're not doctors in the gym. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're <laughs> all doctors, doctors in, in the gym, or someone talking on YouTube or a <laughs> podcast or whatever it is. Yep. Uh, and they're given to you in an empty, empty pre workout container in the gym car park, in the alleyway. Right? Yeah. Like, that's not fucking TRT, it's yeah. steroids. You're, you're taking performance and drugs drugs. <clears throat> um, and I think the big one is TRT is testosterone replacement therapy. So it's designed to replace your natural production of testosterone and get it back up to like a baseline of natural testosterone production. It's never going to be enough to give you performance enhancing effects. That's the main difference between it. TRT will get you back to a baseline level of testosterone. Anything over and above that is going to be performance enhancing, but it's not TRT. Mm-hmm. It's steroids. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's you know it, it it's really important to just really kind of pull those differences out. They're very easy to see, and I think ultimately you know this younger and younger men jumping on it and calling it trt when it's quite clearly not trt Mm. right if any of those dip or any of those examples that i pulled out if you're like oh yeah fuck all right i'm taking 500 milligrams a week it's not trt you're taking steroids yeah okay it's not it's not prescribed by a doctor i'm not getting it from a pharmacy i am listening to some advice from some fucking podcaster and my gym bro is giving it to me in the gym car park, it's not TRT, you're taking steroids. So don't hide behind, listen, you do whatever the fuck you want, mm. right? I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to say, you know, um, uh, TRT is good and steroids are black. Like, I don't give a fuck, man, it's your body. You do with it what you want. But be very careful behind hiding behind the label of TRT and not understanding the risks that come along with using steroids. Yeah. Right, if you're gonna do it, you do you. Mm -hmm. Do your fucking research. Understand the risks. Get some medical guidance, for fuck's sake. Like, don't listen to the guys at the gym because you think they know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, some dude on some fucking YouTube channel That you know is all about using fucking trend and this and that and all these different compounds that you actually don't know anything about what they're going to do over the short term, over the long term. I mean, fuck, we have no idea what a lot of these compounds are doing over the long term because no one's been using them for a long enough term Mm. for us to see. Do research. Mm -hmm. Don't call it TRT. You're taking steroids. Understand that. Understand the risks. If you're happy with the risks, do whatever the fuck you want to do.
0: Mm Yeah. I, I agree, man. Like the question, yeah, the question says like I see younger and younger men jumping on it. Quite frankly, I, f- I fucking hate seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I feel like, I don't know, man, like social media glorifies it a little bit. I don't yeah. know. You've been in the industry a long time. So I don't know. It, to me, I don't know if it's because it's so public on social media now, it feels worse than it's ever been um, the age and stuff so that people even just interested in talking about it. Like man. these kids have, Barely been in the year uh, in the gym a year or two, and they're already talking and wanting to jump on this shit because people on TikTok are fucking talking about it, and it's yeah. just like, yeah, you've, you haven't when built I, the consistency, the habits.
1: Man, when I first got into um, the, the the fitness industry, uh, like I was kind of interested in it while I was playing basketball. But when I really got into the fitness industry was when I started competing as a natural bodybuilder, right? And back then, the only people that you would hear talk about it use it even like in the in the realm of you know talking about it wasn't trt back then it was testosterone and and steroids and performance enhancing drugs with like very advanced bodybuilders Mm -hmm. you know like these guys were competing yearly um you know frequently and and that was it right like it didn't it wasn't even like spoken about now you're a hundred percent right. Like guys have been training for fucking six months and they want to go hop on their quote unquote TRT mm. you know, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, yeah. It, it
0: I think, yeah, it, well. I think, yeah, social media has done it. Yeah. Um, and it's a mix between people like glorifying it, like TikTok pushing the algorithm cause it's almost like controversial yeah. to talk about or, yeah. or, or comparison as well, yeah. like really just seeing, seeing these people, um just jacked thinking that oh i just want to look like that like straight away not realizing the years of work and stuff you need to put in um 100%. to be able to look like that but like you said it's yeah it's it's not trt it's it's peds it's steroids yeah people talking about <clears throat> trend and shit that that don't even trend understand
1: definitely not trt <laughs> trend's not even supposed to be for humans trend is testosterone suppressive it's yeah
0: so yeah but yeah like you said there is a time and a place for it um once you get to that age obviously rare cases when you're younger if you you know you've got these side of um you got these symptoms and stuff yeah. get your bloods done go mm-hmm. see a gp get your bloods done you'll know you'll get prescribed it if you have low testosterone but at that age your testosterone supposed to be through the roof man um and 100%. if you're not opt- optimizing these natural ways to to boost it as mm-hmm. well like if you're people jump on steroids and their sleep's fucking shit mm-hmm. their their diet shit They're, barely like the training's just shit. no stress management shit no sh- it's just like it's let me go stress, and throw, let me go
1: and throw this quote unquote trt in here and i'll look like fucking chris bumstead or yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger or ronnie coleman or whoever it is it's just not it's yeah it's it just doesn't fucking work like
0: that yeah man. and then just yeah jumping on it that early as well when you haven't built the consistency in the gym like in your habits aren't um you haven't built the discipline the knowledge like mastered the basics it's just a recipe for disaster I I, I don't like it at all. So, time and a place, 100%. Um, Get your levels checked if you feel like your testosterone's low. Um, Yeah.
1: I think, like, just to kind of round it out, like, especially in Australia, like, TRT is very difficult to to get Mm. prescribed. Mm. Very difficult. Like, you have, you, you know, I've spoken to guys older than me that have very low testosterone uh and if, like man your testosterone has to be fucking non-existent for for a doctor to give you a referral to a hormone specialist an endocrinologist and for them to then prescribe tests like it's really hard mm. you know to to get that sort of sort of shit prescribed in australia at least i think in other countries it's probably a little bit um less complex yeah um but yeah you you, you don't jump on TRT (laughs) jumping on that shit
0: yeah 100% last question if your team or an employee fails do you take that failure personally I found it very hard recently on a project my team fell well short of our expectations I took this failure very personally reflecting that I'd failed should I feel this way why does it affect and hurt me more than my team Short
1: answer to the question, uh, the first part of the question, do you take that value personally? Um, in the past, yes, definitely. And to, to a certain extent, I still do. Um, it's something that I've really been consciously working on, man, I would say probably over like the last five years. Uh, and it was definitely, look, it was definitely amplified during the pandemic, right? When like shit was just <laughs> out of fucking control. And I guess my default position has always been, and I think this is probably something that is natural to people who start businesses from real grassroots, the default position has always been extreme ownership and extreme responsibility. It's like, ultimately I'm fucking responsible for everything, right, because I started with nothing. So I was actually responsible for everything. Um, And so it definitely amplified in the pandemic because, man, so much shit was out of control and I was trying to take responsibility and, and, you know, for, for everything that was happening around me, which was a recipe for disaster. And it's definitely been something that that I've, you know, like I work on this with my psychologist. Um, is is you know where are the boundaries between what I am and i am not responsible for in the business setting? So, um, yeah, I definitely still do. Really thinking about it now, it's still something that I still really do take personally. and something that I'm consciously working on, trying to figure out how to how to hold accountability and and, and responsibility at the same time. And I think ultimately. That is the big difference is is understanding what the difference is between responsibility and accountability. And the way, where I'm at now, the way that I tease the two out and the way that I separate the two is responsibility is task focused. So in the business setting, I'm responsible for putting the right people in the right positions and giving them the right resources to succeed, right? That's what I'm responsible for. If there's any failures along that, that's on me, right? I've either hired the wrong person or hired the right person but put them in the wrong role or hired the right person, put them in the right role but didn't give them the resources, right? That's That's what I'm responsible for. Accountability is for me, results focused. So, if you're the right person and I have put you in the right role and I've given you the resources that you need to succeed, I'm not responsible for your success or your lack of success. I have to hold you accountable for that. And that's the limit for me. I gotta set you up, I'm gonna give you everything you need, put you in the right position, make sure that you can succeed, but ultimately you have to do the fucking work. And I have to hold you accountable for doing the work because if I could do it myself, (laughs) we wouldn't wouldn't be here, right? Mm. I'd be doing it myself. So for me, that's where I'm at at the moment, really kind of pulling these two things apart and going, okay, my responsibility starts and ends with the task-based work and then me holding you accountable starts and ends with the results of the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I pull myself up right in the middle of those two yeah. and go, okay, Brandon, you're the right guy. You're in the right position. You've got everything you need to succeed. It's up to you now. Yeah. Get me the results.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you don't, <clears throat> well, that's not on me, that's on you. Yeah. That's where I'm at with
0: it. Yeah. Look, I don't really have anything to add to that. Um, You've you've covered it really well, um, and just seeing that, seeing that aspect of it, like you sort of need to ask as well, like how do you know, like your team isn't hurting from the failure, like just because you're you're hurting and you've taken it like that, like how do you know they're not kicking themselves for it?
1: Well, they should be. Yeah,
0: you, you know, and, and if, if you've
1: done a good job building a culture. Yeah.
0: You know, you win
1: together, you lose together.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if they're not, then like you said, you've obviously you hired the wrong people or you've got them in the wrong, the wrong role.
1: Or you haven't developed your company culture yeah. to a point where there's, there's um, joint responsibility for the completion of the task, mm-hmm. right? You don't have the kind of defined roles, you know, like ultimately, man, like if you've got people in the team that don't give a fuck about the performance of the team as a whole, mm-hmm. you've got the wrong people in your team. 100%. Or you've got the right people, but you just don't have the right company culture. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it's such an important part of what we do here. Yeah. Like, we, we fucking win together. We go to battle together. If we lose, we lose together. We lick each other's fucking wounds. And then we flip that shit, we learn our lessons, we put the lessons in play, mm-hmm. and then we win together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it has to be shared.
0: Yeah. It's else extreme you, else it's
1: not a team, it's a group of individuals doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. No one's holding each other accountable. No one gives a fuck. And then ultimately as a leader, yeah, you are responsible for everything because you fucked up with the task-based stuff. You had the wrong people in the wrong positions without the resources they needed to succeed, which is why they don't give a fuck about the end result ultimately.
0: Yeah. Good shit. That's a wrap. That's it. Four questions.
1: Man, it's good to have you back, Brandon.
0: It's good back. Good being Um, back, man. We've changed so much and i fucking like, you know, where are we? I know.
1: Funny, uh, those of you who are watching um, the video version of this podcast, uh, you'll be happy to know the video version has come back, but you'll also notice that we're not sitting in the boardroom. <laughs> we've got a uh, we, change of scenery at the moment. And I think uh, those of you listening probably picked up on the audio is a little bit different as well.
0: Probably can so, tell I'm shivering a little bit here as well. Look <laughs> like at all these fresh, fresh brand new hoodies on. How about on? these uh, TMJ Power Athletic Culture yeah, hoodies? Fuck. though? Shit, Yeah.
1: Fresh. Awesome. Brandon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, As I mentioned, if you have a question that you'd like to send in for the next episode of Your Four, shoot it across to Brandon at Verdi on Instagram, or you can shoot it across to me at Joseph Mansell on Instagram. The one thing that we ask in return for these episodes, if you get value, if you've had a laugh, if it has made your transit to work feel a little bit shorter than it is because you've had us on in the background, uh, the one thing we ask in return is that you guys share the show. Um, One of the best ways we love seeing the show shared is to take a screenshot on your favorite podcasting platform post that in your Instagram story, tag Brandon, tag myself. We see those tags. We appreciate them. We'll reshare them for you guys as well. So, Brandon, thank you. Awesome to have you back. Guys, you could have been anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. We hope you enjoyed listening. A couple of things to round out. Firstly, if you've yet to subscribe to the Fitness Times Business Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure you do that right now so you don't miss any future episodes. Secondly, if you guys took some value from this episode, the one thing we ask in return is that you share the show. And finally, if you've yet to leave us a five-star rating, make sure you do that before the next episode.